You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey everyone, welcome to episode 5 of That's Awesome. Uh, Today is a special episode for me because I am interviewing one of my bandmates, Patrick Galanti. So I'm going to make the intro very short as we had a little bit of a longer interview than I've had in the past. So we'll get to that. But really quick, briefly, um, there have been a bunch of new listeners this week. So I want to welcome everyone that's new. We're still a brand new podcast, so we're growing more and more every day. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for everyone who else who came back. And if you um, already have donated, because there were a little, uh, several more donations this week as well to the podcast, thank you for doing that. Uh, If you're new to the podcast and you'd like to support the podcast and my guests that are on it during this time where uh, we really can't be on tour and making money the way we usually do, uh, you can do so at www.paypal.me slash that's awesome pod. I also want to give a quick shout out to uh, our friends at Vegan Rob's who have been hooking up several of my friends with care packages while we're home uh, of a bunch of tasty vegan treats. Uh, They're not technically a sponsor of the show, but I wanted to give them a shout out because they're helping out myself and a lot of my friends uh, with that. So thank you guys. Uh, Without further ado, let's send it right over to Patrick. That um, that Skype call uh song is sick. Dun, dun, dun. Bang, boom, ba- Dude, I've been yeah. saying that for a while. It's awesome. It's I I just tried to call you like five minutes ago, and it's been stuck in my head ever since. And then it came on when you called me, and I was like, oh, that's what's been stuck in my head. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> do you have on like a blur effect around you, like a bokeh effect? I don't know. Is you there? totally do. That's wild. How do you do that? Cool. Uh, you can choose. Oh, a back, I see you can it. Choose a Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Uh-huh. 
No one knows. No one's gonna know what we're talking about right now. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is an audio format. Well, I, this is how I figured this was gonna go because everyone else I talk to, I don't talk to on a regular basis. So right. I have to ask them questions about things I don't know, and so <laughs> I know a lot of things about you now. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And but I, I guess there's some stuff I don't know. Like, when's the last time you cried? You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that's a question that I don't get asked um, very often. We this is how uh, I run my podcast. Is it only right. uh, questions that I get from old old live journal surveys? <laughs> I mean, they're they're really the hardest hitting ones. Yeah, like and and <laughs> it was when I just finished um, my second Impossible Whopper that I ordered. Um, when I finished the second one, I started crying. What? Because <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, and I didn't have a third. I was sad. Was it just because you were full? Yeah. <laughs> I just cried because I'm full. <laughs> um, did you know that um, you're the most requested guest on my podcast? I am. Yeah, I think it's well, just that, because it's just the people that were um, in the live stream. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you get 60 people requesting my name. That's more than anybody else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and there was a lot of people <laughs> that requested it. And they said, you guys well, just good. make a great team. We're, we're, good at, um, we're good at talking to, with, and at each other. Yeah. Um, so I have some stuff I guess I can ask you about. Um, sure, but also I, I want to tell you a story cause now it's in my head. Okay. Um, because I said live journal questions. Um, there yeah. is this, do you know who Danny Samet is? Samet? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. So he's like a tour manager slash merch manager slash like kind of just like, you know, all around good at touring dude. Um, sure. a professional. Tourer. Yes. And, um, he will be okay with admitting this too, but Venetia Fair took him out on his first tour ever, um, and he was bad. <laughs> like, not very good at it. Um, and But to his credit, we, like, tortured the shit out of this dude. And so the, right, the you, you probably weren't a great band to work oh, for. Oh, no, 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 not at all. The way that we had um, lined it all up was... He had messaged me on Facebook. He was like, he had booked a show for us in like Xenia, Ohio. I remember, I don't, I don't know how I remember that, but I do. He booked a show well, for us the there. the most popular place in Ohio. Right, right. Um, and then he messaged me on Facebook or MySpace or something. He was like, hey, dude, like, I'm looking to get more into tour managing. Do you know any contacts at like any labels or anything? So I was like, yeah, sure. Don't worry about it. So I made uh, the email. Oh, it wasn't just me. It was me, Ben, you know, the whole band. We were in a practice space. We made an email account that was benjamin.benjaminsavage.savage at gmail.com. <laughs> and that's, you, do you know who that you is? You told me this. You told, no, but you've told me this story before. <laughs> so I made that email. Ben Savage is the name of the actor who played Corey in Boy Meets World. Yeah. Okay. Brother of... Famously, the brother of Fred Savage. Correct. Yeah. So we said and Ben we could Savage. Get neither in our music video. Right. 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 So Ben Savage 
benjamin.benjaminsavage.savage at gmail.com. And <laughs> I don't know how he didn't recognize this, but um, I basically s- said like, yeah, I know someone. I have my friend Ben. He works at Universal. And so we wrote to, uh, to him from that email. Don't know how he didn't think that someone at Universal might have a Universal email instead of a Gmail account, but he didn't get that. And we said, hey, yeah. hey, Danny, I heard you want to get into tour managing. Would love to help you out. Um, we usually have, uh, if you don't mind sending me a resume and all that, and I'll take a look at it, um, and uh, some references as well, please. Uh, so he sent it. <laughs> and the references were the people that own the email address, basically? No, no, no. The references, <laughs> the references that he sent me were people in bands that he's worked with. So I called right, so them. I figured, <laughs> it was you. I figured it would have been no, you No, 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 because he hadn't worked with us yet. This is before that. He hadn't oh, worked with anyone. Okay. So I called the references and they were all like bands and they were like, hey, you know, just like if you're with Danny's great and everything, he'll do a great job. But, you know, if you're with Universal, like, is there any way you'd want to like take a listen to our demos and stuff? So I was like, well, <laughs> listen, like I don't really do that. I'm not in that department, but I can send it over to my buddy Sean who works uh, in that department. So I then created the email Hunter at gmail.com, <laughs> which is Corey <laughs> In Boy Meets World's best, best friend. friend. <laughs> and then um, had bands sending me demos to that email. Did and you me, have a like, sister company with the name them Because like me just pretending to be Universal Records with two different people critiquing them. But uh-huh. I basically got back to Danny and I, and I was like, hey, everything looks great. We need you to fill out this questionnaire so that we can like match your personality with another band's personality. Give it like a shot. Give it a shot that way. So yeah. and I sent him an old live way. journal survey. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, when, like, when was the last time you cried? <laughs> you cried? It was like, when when was the last time you were in a cave? Um, do you like <laughs> snakes? Like just stupid yeah. questions like that. Do you like pe- peanut butter and jelly Dude, with and the crust sent, or without the crust? Yeah, yeah, like stuff. And he sent it, he filled out the whole thing and sent it back until finally, like, we just felt so bad that we were like, we have to like take this dude on tour now. Yeah. <laughs> so we kickstarted this. I am convinced we kickstarted his career <laughs> by I, us I, fucking I would, with him. I would almost say that the uh, popular sitcom Boy Meets World kickstarted his career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so that's my story for this whole thing because that was a lot of me one. talking in the first like five I minutes like of us being together. Um, I think it's awesome. So for those of anyone that's listening that doesn't know, you are in Ice Nine Kills with me. Yes. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Yay, we, we made, made it. it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but prior I, to that, I, you were I, in Affiance. Yes, yes, yes. I played in a band called Affiance from um, not – Xenon, Ohio, but Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> and um, I did um, all the drum recording and all the touring with that band for um, just under nine years uh, from 2009 to 2017, 18. And, or no, 2017. And then um, we kind of took a little break, hiatus, farewell, whatever you call it. And, um, in the summer of 2018, that's when I got the call to do Warp Tour with Ice Nine, um, which is actually when I first met you because we were practicing in your old basement. Oh my God, that's right. You hadn't even played with them yet. Yeah, that 
that was my first that was my first like practice with them yeah in like they the had worst already, they had already ever. committed committed to me being their drummer just knowing that i knew how to play the drums dude you must have been <laughs> so excited to pull up to that sick basement in peabody dude. massachusetts with some dude I, that you don't know his house who's not even in the band <laughs> And practice those songs. Yeah. And <laughs> and then I found out that you were in, from the Venetia Fair. And I was like, oh, you know, I used to like that band um, when I liked, you know, like shitty music. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, so I was kind of a little starstruck from that. Um, starstruck. You know, I was finally going to be in a band with someone famous like Spencer. And I was meeting you at the time. <laughs> so... It like my worlds were really just Someone like colliding and like blowing Spencer. up here. Oh wow! Um, what a moment for so you. So that that was when I first met you, and and you weren't even in Ice Nine yet. And and I'm pretty sure I walked into your downstairs neighbor's apartment because yes. it was just open. And used the bathroom. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> Something. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> well, I mean, time, um, because I would just be upstairs, and there'd just be because all you can hear is just drums, because everything else oh, was yeah. in the monitors, and all day it was yeah. just. Drums. It, it was fast. just me lear- learning how to play Isaiah songs on the yeah. drums. But um, I will say that be- um, my roommates even came up to me and were like, this kid's sick. <laughs> They're like, dude, this guy's awesome. Do you hear that <laughs> That's stuff? Very, it's very good to hear because I remember feeling like utter garbage trying to play those songs I mean, like for the first everyone, time. and like. Yeah. The practice, yeah, I, I was there was zero confidence at all, and like by our first, you know, warp tour date, dude, I watched a video from the first warp tour that I played, and I was like, was that oh the one where God, Ricky this... forgot his costume? Well, yeah, I mean, Ricky just forgot his. Ricky didn't bring a costume right. just to warp tour in, in general, and right. I gave him one of my camp counselor shirts and made it bloody, and it was yeah. like, oh, now we're both camp counselors. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I, <laughs> I saw that video on 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 YouTube's. Yeah, it's um I listened back to it and I'm like, wow, this is what my first show with Ice Nine Kill sounds like. And then you like fast forward to stuff now and like, you know, obviously I'm a little bit more confident in these songs that I've been playing for two years now. So right. it's just a huge difference in in the way that I at least played these songs. That's pretty wild then. actually having your first show be Warp Tour. Because that was a big year for Ice Nine too. Yeah. So technically that was my second show. We played a, we played a, um, a makeup date from that motionless and white tour Right. with every time I die. Wait, were you not on the motionless tour? No. Oh no. Nuts. I joined, I joined in the summer. So, so this was uh, my first show was a motionless headliner with us. Was that like upstate New York? Yeah, it was in, Poughkeepsie uh, or something? No, closer to closer to Jersey. I can't remember. Well, but whatever. That was technically my first show where we didn't have to wear costumes. It was all like, you know, just regular like stage clothes, which right. was crazy. That was the last time that I had seen JD like without the mask on. Right, because uh, he just wore it. Like, I mean, you think he's still wearing it right now? Year? Yeah, I think he actually is. Yeah. Um. So technically, Warped Tour was my second show, but my first tour. Um, with these guys but even and, like that uh, motionless show must have been nuts 
Yeah, I mean, it was for for my first show with a band. I mean, it was a especially good, like you know, to play five. with. I mean, every time I die is like one of your favorite bands, also. Yeah, and and you know, f- f- personal friends at this point, and right. you know, them kind of just being like, "Oh shit, he's in that band now," and you know that that little connection there. Where now, where I see when I see Keith or Steve, you know, outside of touring, just at home around, you know, they've got just as many good things to say about me and ice nine that I would, uh, you know, with right to, to them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy becoming colleagues or friends with, you know, a band that you grew up knowing was like, this is the Buffalo band. These are, these are, you know, dudes that I would never, ever hang out with. And now it's like, yeah, okay. We'll just go to a, just go swim in Keith's pool or something. It's, <laughs> it's really <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's sick. So let's move. Let's actually go back because there's a lot of stuff that I don't know prior to Ice Nine. Really, like I know a it's little okay, ab- but... about Affiance. Um, but yeah. when did you like start playing music? Um, I started. I-, I learned how to play. I guess just percussion in general. Um, when was 911 2001 um it's a weird uh, way to keep track of that but yeah well i knew that i was in fifth grade <laughs> right when yeah 911 happened and our, where were you <laughs> yeah well yeah it's it's really how i base um most big life things is right. how far away how close to uh 911 it was well it was um, a time that everyone can remember yeah i know and it was actually <laughs> on that specific day that i started playing drums. are you kidding me <laughs> Yes, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, no, but fifth fifth grade is when I um, started learning how to play percussion in orchestra in elementary school. Dude, you um, know what's so, so weird now that I remember? What? I played percussion in sixth grade, and I remember it was the last period of the day, and then I got out of that, and someone told me and what happened. So I was also <laughs> playing percussion that day. <laughs> See? That is so crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that you started off or, or, or played percussion, but when you think about it, I mean, did, did you start playing piano first or percussion first? Piano. Probably way, piano, way earlier. Right? Yeah. 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 You have to start learning piano early or else you'll never be good at it. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> that is a rule of uh, a good way to live your life. You can, you yeah. can never play piano well, now. What, but that's why you're also – and if you do know how to play play piano, then you're automatically just better at everything else than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so like you've got a real leg up on yeah, especially a, me. A little bit of – never a... going to be able to play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> well, I dude, at least like the one thing with piano that is sick is that you don't need to learn how to make a sound on it. Like you right. can't, I mean, you can't just pick up a trumpet and make a sound on it. Right. Well, you that's know? like, I mean, that's percussion. I mean, it's yeah, very that's percussive. True. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, you don't really have to know how to make the drums sound the way they do. You just know, have to know how to physically play them until right. you get into like the, you know, the artistry of tuning a drum. Right. Which, which is an art. I, yeah. And it's a class that I'm going to be teaching here soon. Are you? 
No. I was gonna say you suck. Can you imagine, can you imagine the artist, the artistry of tuning a drum with Patrick Galanti yeah. featuring <laughs> like, Dan Sugarman. It sounds like a Dan Sugarman class, doesn't it? Dude, it really does. Put that up on the Sugarman uh, space, whatever he is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, I learned percussion in fifth grade, which was 2001, which means I was – that was 18 years ago or something, um, 19. And I think that coming out of elementary school, I was really just like playing with sticks on a pad. Didn't really know how to play drum kit or anything like that, but knew knew that music was what you know was my main interest. Mm-hmm. Um I was originally a singer, singer screamer in a band. Like my first band ever was, I was a, a vocalist because I come from a very vocally trained, vocally uh, um, centered family. Um, with my mother and my father both being um, trained singers and and theater um, actors and actresses, and my sister and like they they all did theater my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, so singing was the first thing that really, um, like pointed me towards music. And in middle school, when I started, you know, playing more percussion and learning how to play a drum set in jazz band and stuff like that, that's what really piqued my interest in starting to play the drum set, Mm -hmm. which I more or less kind of taught, taught myself how to play, um, you know, how to really, be independent, like have the limb independency. And, um, you know, I really tried hard at that. And then like, what were you listening to when you were doing that? Um, I would say that, you know, back then, I mean, that's a lot of like Lincoln park. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the Lincoln park. Yeah. Like phase time. Yeah. Uh, of of, of my life that is funny because Lincoln park is not a drum heavy or drum yeah but it doesn't even matter it's like they're like a perfect band to learn drums with because they're just all about like steady fucking time and like yeah and he was just pocket and it and it related a lot to hip-hop beats because obviously like that's what they were so a lot of the drums like weren't even (laughs) really him playing anyway so um, it was all just like pads and shit so it was um it was a uh, definitely a time where I was learning how to play simple drums, learning how to read drum staff and drum music. Um, and then really coming into my own when I started listening to, you know, a little bit more heavier stuff in metal. And I got into like Christian metal bands because I was in a youth group with other people that were, you know, older than me that were like, Oh, well you got to listen to under oath. You got to check out this band SLA dying. I don't this know band. why, but every time I hear Christian metalcore band, I think of that band Sleeping Giant. Are they even a Christian? Sleeping Giant. Are they Christian metalcore? Uh, yeah, they're like a Christian hardcore band. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Don't know why. That's the one that always pops <laughs> oh, my head. <laughs> Either them or for today. <laughs> Never them. Yeah, well, for, yeah, for today is probably like the biggest um, ones that you would think of. I, I, I don't even. I would just – they're more like heavy worship and not like <laughs> – like Christian metalcore to me was like – you Under know, Oath, Under Oath, Dying where it was like – yeah, where they weren't like necessarily Just anything on always, Solid State. 
Yeah, solid center tooth and nail, where like for today was like, and now it's time to worship. Get out your Bible. <laughs> show. And, and I now like, I we're didn't bring it. in the biggest <laughs> Christian metalcore band ever. That's very true. Uh, Christ Nine Kills. Yeah, Christ Nine Kills. <laughs> yeah, um, both of our religious backgrounds are, are coming full circle here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all because of you know, 9-11, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, so getting into like metal, I kind of just taught myself how to play mm-hmm. metal when because it, it was just figuring out like, whoa, how do they – make the kick drum sound that fast how i wonder if like that was more common with people our age because i definitely like i started playing bass and guitar because no one wanted a keyboard player in their band you know so i (laughs) did that and i don't i i taught myself that stuff too like i even i went to play i went to lessons but it was always just like older stuff that i was learning it was basic it was basic, you know, like I would, I would learn how to play a specific beat out of a, out of a, a you know, a lesson booklet yeah. that would help me learn, help me learn how to follow music. But and I bet you the- now there are teachers that, because they're our age now and are teaching young kids that do just teach metal. Yeah. And you know? instead of, instead of out of a lesson book or something like that, where, you know, if, if I would have just sat down and listened to my teacher play a beat over and over again, I would have been able to get it. But because the whole thing was based around whether or not I could read the music and then trying to play what I'm reading, like I can memorize and learn songs very quickly. But it's like when I, when I had to put in the practice of, of sight reading and stuff like that, it was like, Whoa, that's, that's what was really throwing me off. So when it came time to learn other people's songs I took to it very quickly and like I can still remember how to play songs from 2003 that I haven't I've been doing it in my live sessions just pulling up a a random song that I haven't played in 15 years and just ripping through it and be like how the fuck do I remember this song and and the other 300 songs that I have to know you know I can't do that at all (laughs) not not with any of the old stuff at all I have a hard time even with Ice Nine stuff Really? Yeah, like I was trying I couldn't figure out what how hell in the hallways went the other day. <laughs> the other day. <laughs> like literally 2 days ago, I was I wonder how that song goes cuz I was trying to write something and it's like I think that had a cool vibe to it. What did that How did that go? <laughs> well, what was that vibe? I That's honestly funny. can't I- think of it right now. <laughs> it's like a breakdowny verse. That's all I remember. But I don't think I can play it right now. Yeah. These live sessions that I've been doing have been – I mean I play – I pretty much play almost every Ice Nine Kills song that I know every day <laughs> just, to keep, just to keep my practice up and to keep my muscle memory there because I know what it's like to not – to like go between tours and sit back down and be like, oh, oh I did something – I know. I did something cool here but I don't remember – like it's obviously different than it is recorded. So yeah. I know I did something cool here, but I can't remember what it was. So if I, I'm just keep, I just keep doing them. <laughs> Do you and remember when we played Peoria last year in July outside? It was the first day of outside. that tour. And it was yeah, so we did it. hot and we, we didn't, did we rehearse? No. Before and, that? And did, no, but you remember the issues like flying in and everything? Like everyone had to 
like oh, rent cars late. and drive from other cities because flights were getting grounded everywhere. Yeah, was there a storm? It was a was storm a, on the East Coast. So storm? Don, yeah. Chevy, myself, and Spencer, and Spencer got routed to Chicago and we had to rent a car and drive there. But I just remember after that show, and right. it was only like maybe um, two months, I think we hadn't toured, maybe even less, month and a half. And well, I yeah, remember after yeah, that, that show being June, that so June, destroyed. We had gotten off tour in May. It was July. <laughs> it was July that we played. Uh, oh, okay. Then, then we had been off for uh, – because the episode like three tour half, ended in May. Yeah. Yeah. It was about a month and a half. But I – like that – after that show, just like – just a month off, like – can just kill you it sucks yeah but then you absolutely. get back into it in like three days it's no big deal it's quick yeah i mean even i went six weeks without playing my drums during this pandemic and i swear the first day that i was able to set my drums up and play was almost it was strange because i'd been out of it for six weeks getting and sitting down and playing was almost like the easiest for some reason I had the easiest time playing things, uh, my first time back, which was weird. And then as the weeks go on, I'm like, Oh no, now I'm back to how I normally feel when I play, which is like, you're not good enough. (laughs) When I first started, when I first played after six weeks, I was like, Whoa, I'm so fast. It's like, (laughs) no, that's just what you normally, how you normally play. And now you're getting used to it and you're not good. (laughs) Like I, I just, I feel like I'm just so, I guess that's one thing that's nice about practicing drums is like it's a workout too. Yeah. I wish it was like that it's for hot. bass. <laughs> You'd have to be like running. I literally <laughs> have to do – I hit one string at a time. It's pretty straightforward. Can you – Sometimes I don't – Can you I start some sort of – a, a, um, Some sort of like workout uh, plan where you're like on a treadmill but you're also playing the bass. Yeah, there should be an Ice Nine Kills <laughs> workout video. I, dude, that is good. And they could just like, oh, someone's throwing <laughs> knives at you, and you have to dodge them. <laughs> that is the best thing about being in this band is you can come up with stupid ideas, and then someone will be like, wait, that's sick, and then somehow oh, it will happen. Yeah. I th- I say that. <clears throat> I said that on another live stream that I did with John from the Brutally Speaking podcast where it was like he basically like asked like where a lot of the ideas come from and, and this and that. And it's basically like you'll have an idea and Spencer is just uh, uh, just the way that Spencer is, is that he never actually turns down an idea or like an idea is never like stupid to him, I which know. is crazy. Like you, you can literally say anything to him and he would be like hmm i know it's like almost you have to make sure you don't make a joke that's bad (laughs) me riding a tricycle out onto the stage dressed as a puppet yes (laughs) god thank god we didn't have any room in the trailer that tour else we would have had to bring a fucking tricycle with there probably was a point when this album was being written when the silver screen was being written where someone was like wouldn't it be funny if we like dressed as these characters and now we have to do it. Like someone else said it, and now we we have to do it every day. What's funny is that it, it might have been JD's fault. I think it was. At the end I think of the it day. was. Well, wasn't because it Moro that JD liked doing it? Be, 
Well, yeah, Morrow liked, I think, like doing it himself. But JD was like, I think I'm just going to dress up like Jason every day on Warp Tour. And I think that triggered I everyone else. I can't believe like, that. I, I remember, dude, seeing him put on that thing at Warp Tour because I only came to the Boston day to that. And I was back that, behind stage and watching him put on like a full rubber head on top of his. I was like, how are you doing that, dude? It's so fucking hot out. And you're wearing a full like long sleeve jumpsuit and pants. He is. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. Um, there was a – the New York City Warp Tour or um, whatever they call that Warp Tour. It, Darien Hills or whatever or, or the Long Island no, one not, with the big party. Yeah, the, yeah, the Long Island one. His, his costume was sitting out, out back under our tent before we played. And there was some, you know, gr- there was a couple girls backstage that were hanging out with um, either like the D's nuts guys or. Nice. Yeah, that's really all <laughs> I got to say. Um, and so like very Long Island. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and this girl comes up and she looks down, comes into our tent, looks down at the mask. And like, I'm not really paying attention. And the girl just picks it up. And starts to put it on her head. Oh, no. <laughs> and, I, and me and Ricky both just like, stop what we're doing. And we look. We're like, oh, no, honey, don't. No, you don't want to put that on. Yeah. And she's got it. She's committed full way on there. And we're like, no, somebody plays in that every day. Like, That's that is so disgusting. Gross. And then she like, takes it off. She's like, oh, my God, why wouldn't you say something? And I was like, why are you just walking into yeah. our fucking tent and putting on random prosthetic masks? Yeah. <laughs> Like, where's oh, the logic there? <laughs> there is a special breed of uh, backstage warp tour people. Yeah, backstage you know? drunk Long Island girls. Yeah, oh, there's definitely God. a breed. I don't know. This may be an unpopular <laughs> thing to say on the podcast, or it might get me into trouble. But I just like am not a fan of that place at all. <laughs> and yeah. we'll leave it at that. I'm still cutting it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And now we're going to talk about me cutting out something and no one's going to know right. what we cut out or who said anything Just bad. Like it was That's me. That's called post-production. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so you started playing percussion. Then you were a singer in a band. And then you started yeah. teaching yourself drums. And then is Affiance like the only other band that you were in? Um, so... The there was a band like like I said that I sang in in like the be you know high school beginning of high school and then I um, that band kind of disappeared. I started playing drums in another local band um, that we wrote songs about zombies. It was called For the Horde, and we, we just ever did. Play with you? No, huh? No, but but you but you would have liked how just chaotic it was because we would do stupid shit like wear footy pajamas on stage or wear as many layers of clothing as possible and try to take a layer of clothing off in between each song. Yeah, I like that. Um, or you'll know, see how many times I could run around my drum set during a breakdown that didn't have a snare drum in it. <laughs> um, you know, we did stupid shit like that. Yeah. Um, and it was always very fun. And I had actually met Affiance um, in 2008 eight i believe they were they were scheduled to play a show in buffalo with the band that i was singing in at the time 
And when the show fell apart, bef- like didn't even happen and they were there, I uh, and the drummer of the band at the time that I was in took them kind of on a little tour of Buffalo and got to know them and stayed friends throughout the year. And they ended up calling me, asking me if I wanted to play drums in Affiance, um, to which I said no, because I was going to graduate high school and go to college and uh-huh. didn't, you know, that touring hadn't become, be, being in a band that was going to tour hadn't become even That's an not. option yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was... So I was scheduled. I was supposed to go to <clears throat> art school for photography. And that year, Affiance was following Warped Tour. We're in Buffalo. I hung out with them again. And they showed me two new songs. What year was that? that Dave, uh, in, 2000 and, in 2009, Affiance followed Warped Tour. So did Venetia Fair that year. Yeah. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> so did we know? Do I know them? <laughs> I must. <laughs> I mean, I must know. Them. I think you. I mean, I think you. I mean, you've met. You've met all three of them. I know, but I Cleveland must have known them shows, then because we knew all the bands think, doing that. Yeah, you. You definitely would have. Huh? Because that was their like that was their second year. Affiance followed Warp Tour seven times. Oh, three my times. God. Three three times with me. We at the, the last time that we did it, we had already toured with Killswitch. We had already toured with Protest and you the just Hero, did it? and we just did it to make money. How uh, how did it go? I mean, Kevin Lyman knew that we were taking a lot of money from him yeah. outside the door. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, we we might have. I think we might have profited like you know something like forty grand uh, in our first you know the first leg of it Dude, or something. that's like one thing that people don't understand about that well now it doesn't matter because warped is gone but like if you fucking work like you'll sell shit at warped you know oh, yeah like we, we were doing I, I just said it on the on someone else i just interviewed who will come out after this one but like the, i think our best day was like 600 cds at like an average of like eight bucks at eight bucks a cd or something yeah. it's insane yeah we would we would keep we would keep personal numbers, spreadsheets. Oh yeah, you know, I still have whoever, all. Of them. <laughs> whoever, whoever sold, whoever sold the most got a bonus that day. Yeah. You know, like it, but it was what a very miserable fucking summer. Yeah, I hated and it. I hated it, dude. We even we brought full gear and everything just in case too. We brought a fully stocked trailer of merch, CDs, and gear just when in case f- we ever got the opportunity to play. See, we didn't even do that because we 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 wanted to, but we couldn't because our indie label at the time had a tent, so we could go inside oh, and sell. Gotcha. But we had to like we were we were selling shirts and shit too, and um, yeah, so were we. Yeah, and like. So we were inside all day, but we had to freight all the merch around because we were carrying like a full labels gotcha. line of merch in our trailer. That, and we had to – we had stored our our gear in a practice space like where it had started because we toured yeah. to and from it. Got it. Damn. It was brutal. Yeah, they, 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 uh, they did Warped three different times in cars and followed in cars. Are you kidding me? Without me. Yeah, that's they they hustled so hard before I was in the band, and then once I joined, um, we kept kept doing it. <laughs> we kept hustling any any time that we could. Um, 
we did that. So they so they're at 2009 Warp Tour in Buffalo, and go to Mighty. Ta- they meet me at a Mighty Taco in Kenmore, and show me these two new songs that David Puckett from the Crimson Armada for today mm-hmm. we came as Romans recorded the drums on for a Chipotle burrito. Um, so they showed me these two new songs, which were Call to the Warrior and A Monster Fed from the album that would that would be released the next year with me on it. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, I want to be in this band because they changed their sound completely and they were a metal band. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be in your band. And they were like, what? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll Did do they it. just not have a drummer at the time? Uh, no. They, That's they why had, the other they, guy recorded it. Yeah. So now they're looking for a drummer, and I was just like, "Yo, no, sure, I'll do it. Now I'll do it. Now I like. Now I like your music. <laughs> now you're good enough for me." Yeah. <laughs> um, so I dropped out of college before I even started, and I packed up all of my stuff into my 2003 green Chevy Cavalier, and I moved to Cleveland on August 30th, my birthday, um, 2009, uh, where I lived in Cleveland for four years with those guys. Did the normal like band house, fucking mm-hmm. like communal living basically. Yeah, that's um, the best. And um, yeah, and and played with them until uh, 2017. So um, our bands, <clears throat> our, our tenure in our bands lasted about the same time. Because I was yeah, nine to like sixteen, I think. Yeah, and 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 what did you? Were you a founding member of Venetia Fair? No. No. I was How not. long were they a band before you joined? They were a band for a while, but they were like us. They were like a kind of like a side thing for a second because they were all on another band. And then, like by the time it, I had really met those guys, I they were like playing local shows. They were like somewhere in the middle yeah. of the bill on a local show, you know? Sure. Um, and then we had. I, I think a fine technically together. was two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably think that, what Venetia Fair was too. It was probably that. Yeah, because I they definitely we marketed a shirt on our last tour that was like 2007 to 2017 or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. the 10, 10 years of Alliance or whatever. Yeah, um, that sounds in, about in right. the in that time in that time that I was playing with Alliance, I also did. You know, there was a band in Cleveland called Along Came a Spider that asked me to record their first EP. So technically I have like a writing or a recording credit on like some local band CD somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I filled in for the band Miss May I at one point and did a tour playing drums for them. Um, oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. Miss May I did a road, the road to not fest and then played slip the slip not fest in 2014, I believe. And affiance had just done the kill switch tour with them. So Jared called me and asked if I would do the festival because he was in, I think he was drum teching for Cannibal Corpse in Europe or something. And Got they it. booked this festival and this this thing of shows out to it. So he called and asked me. And <clears throat> basically I told Affiance that and they were like, well, we are about to put out a record and we need to be touring too. So how about this? If you can pull double duty, Affiance will support Miss May I on that little run and then from there, we'll go on and do a headliner. So I <laughs> did this Miss May I run, pulling double duty, just mm-hmm. a fine to Miss May I, 20-minute break in between the sets, and then went on to play Not Fest and then go do uh, a fine headliner for, you know, three weeks after it. Got it. Yeah. And, That's <clears throat> sick. So, 
Yeah, and then after uh, after Affiance's final show, I drove and met um, the band Phineas in Iowa somewhere and filled in for them on a tour and a bunch of Christian festivals that they were playing. Um, and that was like my last my last drum gig so how before long, I yeah. got this Einstein gig. How long off? How long were you off? I took I took basically one year off, just under one year off of touring, um, between my last tour that I was tour managing for Kingdom of Giants, mm-hmm. and then doing Warp Tour was about a year. And did you want did you want to get back into it? Like, were you trying to, or did it just kind of like happen? Yeah, I was I was actively trying to get any drum tech, tour manager, uh, drumming merch, any kind of gig that I could get. I was I was constantly trying to and that um that warp tour actually that i got to play with ice nine i was actually going to do that warp tour as phineas's driver oh really Man, i was I actually gonna drive that i could not do it especially on warp um, tour that's brutal yeah and and they were in a, a you know a van yeah. and trailer mm-hmm. and so I mean, I when we did was Warped Tour, we didn't just have to a driver. It. We were just rotating drivers, and it was yeah. miserable. Well, and and that's something that I I was always, you know, that was kind of my thing, especially in Affiance. And, you know, when I TM'd that Hawk Tour last Driving. year, yeah. I basically drove. I drove and TM'd the, basically that whole tour. The only time somebody else drove was was what if I needed to sleep. Mm. <laughs> Or, or if it was like a night off where I got to drink or something like that. But I, right. I pretty much drove that whole tour too. I um, can't wait to do a tour like that again. I miss touring in a in a van. So do I, actually. I, I mean, not that I, I'm I, complaining. I don't want to always tour in a van. <laughs> but I just yeah. want to do a, one a year, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Or short, or even like two-week like, one. Uh, yeah. Or even if it was just like to get to like a little run to get to a festival or something like that where you – play like six total shows or something like that i'm sure that nova will be in a van when we do a tour well if you need a driver buddy hey (laughs) yes like that's the thing that i would seriously do that i know i I had just told hail the sun that i would guitar tech for him if i was off tour too (laughs) really yeah but i don't know if i actually could at this point but yeah yeah (laughs) but i wouldn't mind touring in a van again oh i I know that that's I miss the uh, like camaraderie of those kind of tours. Yeah. You know, now I, there's I miss some days where I don't see people for the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, yeah, I can just wake up before anyone else. Everyone else is asleep, which never happened in a van. Right. Yeah. And then you just leave and I come back when I need to be there and I don't see exactly. Anyone. It's like, Joe, I haven't seen you all day. And it's and you're like, yeah, that's because I've been uh, hiding under this bridge uh, not talking to any of you all day. <laughs> like, it's okay, very funny how like my my moods are always like I need everyone around me to be paying attention <laughs> to me, and I'm screaming and I'm running around because I smoke too much, or or <laughs> or don't fucking touch me, get away. Yeah, or like <laughs> I'm leaving right now. No one else can leave. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you guys what I'm doing or where I'm going, but I don't, everybody close your eyes. Yeah. I'm walking off the bus and you can't even see which direction. <laughs> yeah. You can't come with me. <laughs> close the blinds. You can't see close, for 10 minutes. Yeah. Close your eyes yeah. and let me escape. <laughs> Dude, there was one day on this last tour where 
I was the only one up in, no, it was like me um, and Chris was up in Dolphin because Dolphin was our driver. And we were pulling up to, it was um, in Germany. I th- no, it was, it was a city we hadn't been to that I went to explore that was really cool and I can't remember the name of it or what city it was. But before we <laughs> even got to the venue, I was looking at the map. It's like, oh, we're only like a mile away from the venue right now. And I was like, we we're at a red light. And I was like, Dolphin, can I just like, jump out right now <laughs> no shit and i left i i jumped out before i even got to the venue and walked the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> and then i ended up like four miles from the venue but ma- got back at like yeah, 2 p.m time for whatever yeah that's awesome i didn't i didn't know i mean and 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 to me that's just one of those things where if i didn't see you throughout the day or like i didn't see you until lunch like it, it that was just yeah normal that's that's whatever like there's a lot of people that would, you know, that, that, uh, you spend a lot of time with that if something changes or if they don't see you for like three hours, you're gonna be like, Oh, what were you? Oh dude, I haven't seen you all day. What have you been doing? Where were you going today? What did you go down? And you're just like, right. man, like I, and I just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, it's not that I don't care. No, no, care I'm the same way. I'm it's the same just like, way. if I saw you, I'd be like, Oh, good to see you, man. Hope you got to hope you had fun today. Like yeah. I don't need to know what you and did. And you probably I don't would care. know that I would tell you if there was something that I thought you'd be interested in. Yeah, if it was awesome, you would be like, dude, you'll never guess what happened to me today. Right. And I'd be like, what did you do? Walk around for two hours? And you'd be like, yeah. Like, okay, so I don't need to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh I do love that about you, and it's it's a I would say there's a moment in every day on tour where we have like this really quick bonding moment where someone asks a question and I look at you and you're looking right at me and I know you're thinking they can figure that out so fucking easily without asking (laughs) me. And I'm thinking the same fucking thing because it's like, what time is it? And they're holding their phone texting. (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or that or, or what time a specific thing during the day is that's the same time yeah. every day yeah. and still ask what time it or if it's at the same time and it's like you you can do it <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's can. inevitable at least once a day we're just looking <laughs> at each other just being like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and 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 we're not naming any names and they're definitely not from long island yeah and it's not dan <laughs> <laughs> got him got him he's i don't i wonder if he can hear me because he's like right there on the other side of this wall pretty much so <laughs> probably yeah who knows he didn't poke his head in usually when i say something he pokes his head in and says what's up oh wait did you want me to interrupt you <laughs> do you want to smoke <laughs> i know you're doing an interview in here but um Oh, what? I've been doing that, that uh, on his guitar lessons. Like whenever he's teaching a guitar, guitar lesson, I'll just come in the room and just start talking about nonsense. <laughs> Dude, people pay so much money for those. Did you see when he was doing like this big live stream and I made him build in five minutes for me to interview him? What like what those Zoom those like Zoom parties that he yeah, has? Yeah, yeah, and and he has like a schedule, and I made him put five minutes <laughs> for me to go in and interview him, and I like wrote all these questions. I actually still have them. They were like, wait, 
he schedules those like he has like yeah time it's, slots it's during- pretty crazy like well there's like wow. we're gonna go over this we're gonna go over this i think i think yeah, yeah, yeah. um or maybe it was just that one time but i was asking questions like you recently put out a cd how do you make cds <laughs> <laughs> i love it they're pretty good um yeah i wish i could find it because they're they're oh wait yeah i said um in the past you've talked about guitar do you play and if so what instrument (laughs) (laughs) so that's how I've been entertaining myself is really just messing with That's, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can, <laughs> I can imagine a scenario in my, in my head and in my world that is the, you know, the sitcom version of you guys living together. Um, that, you know, doesn't, you know, it probably isn't what's actually happening. You guys are probably, you know, it probably like a normal kind of living situation, but in my head there, it is this, um, it's really not though. It's not normal. Like it definitely are you, is. Are you pranking him? Like, no, dude, here, it's not even that. <laughs> like here, here's the insane thing about this house. And I realized this today, actually, first of all, let, here's a quick story. We have a gate that, uh, like a gate at the bottom of our driveway. That's on a remote that opens and close that opens yeah. and closes. It just slides open. In that yeah. gate, there's a door too, right? I just, um, yeah, yeah, but I, the whole gate slides into the small space. So, like, if you were to have the door open, right, um, it would hit, it would it would close it would the door automatically, right? Because oh, the, okay, the wall so it, would would it, it shut. Right, but would it would it damage it? Or no, like, no, it would just it shut would just it, kind right? of. Do it. I don't think the well, motor is strong enough to break it. But today, right, our neighbor who lives in our same like we share a driveway with was like, "Can we? Can you just let me out? I forgot my clicker thing upstairs." Or let my girlfriend out or something. And he ran down there and I pushed the thing. And I didn't know he was going into that door. But he went into the door and it just happened at the perfect right time where the door shut on his body and he was trapped oh, no. in the door. Oh, no. and, and it was like really trapped, like really trapped, like halfway in there. And we couldn't, yeah. it wouldn't open. It wouldn't go back the other way. So me and Dan were like pushing on the gate, like trying to get did this poor gate, kid. Did it, did it stop? Did it yeah, stop it stopped moving, moving it, but it wouldn't it go either was, way. Uh, you know, I don't think it knew. I think the motor just stopped because there was something blocking it, but it was still like giving like abduct- a ton of pressure on, Yeah. you know, so me and Dan <laughs> had to like force open the fucking door to like get this kid out of the thing that I crushed that I really don't know well, you know? Right. So stuff like that happens regularly, but right, on but top of that, head, it was, it was Dan, it, like, to me, it would be like, you're waiting for Dan to go through that door. And right when he does, you hit oh, the see, I would love and, to and do that. Like, oh no. No, but what's, oh. what's dumber about uh, this house than that? Like even dumber than like, it, it would be a better kind of, not necessarily a sitcom where there's like set up jokes, but yeah. everyone is fucking allergic to everything in this goddamn house, except for me. <laughs> Nobody can eat. Dude, it's it's insane. Like, I get it. I'm vegan. Like, I have a, a pretty strict diet, and that can be kind of demanding. But, like... But you're not a very demanding person, so... Well, I, I'm fine eating whatever I eat, you know? But, like... Yeah. Everyone is allergic to gluten. Jess is allergic to nuts. 
Like they, everyone's got like weird immune things like asthma, all this shit. Right. And then (laughs) then, then, it's insane. And then, um, so the, the, and then Dan and Sarah's dog is allergic to everything too. So like literally, really? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like it's, it's crazy. Not that I'm, it's, it's comical. Did they pass that on to their dog? I, I, it's the perfect dog for them, dude. Because because <laughs> it's like it's like uh, onions or or and bread. Like if it eats it, it just has like shitty bloody diarrhea. Right. That sounds like Dan and Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, God, it it it's it makes it's very entertaining. Like. I have no complaints about the the living situation we're in right now. Right. It's, it's hilarious. There's just so much, just so many you, stupid conversations. I could just see you doing like a a mini, you know, a mini YouTube series called like Messing with Dan, and it's just I should you. do that. I should just it, I should do just it like one. just Bam Margera style, where I just run in and smack him in the face. So I was saying it would be like <laughs> just jackass, like jackass style, like uh oh, uh. Somebody f- filled this um, this ketchup bottle up with uh, baking grease instead. Oh my god, that would be so and, or funny! Like, do you know what we should like do? And I glue will. And it's shampoo. Oh, dude, you should fill the shampoo up with glue with pee. Yeah, too. Um, I would. I will organize this if everyone is down. But I would love to do like an Ice Nine Kills variety show for one hour, like either on Twitch or <laughs> YouTube, where it's like different segments hosted by yeah. different people. But we like pre-record it, so it's all like, yeah. and then we put together an hour-long show where there could be like a messing with Dan thing. And then <laughs> yeah. I could do presentations, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We could shark. T- we could do a Ice Nine Kills shark tank, Yeah, a Jaws tank. Yeah. Be fantastic. I think... I think that's a fantastic idea. I, I like that a lot. Just like um, quick, like all, three to four minute segments of things. Yeah, dude. Ricky would be so into that because that's how long his attention span is anyways. Right, right. And by the end, <laughs> it's not even an attention span. It's just how long he can talk. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll go into like 15 different topics in that four minutes before he stops. Before he goes. Anyway, I got to go. And then it flatlines. Yeah. <laughs> he just powers down. Someone's got to reset him and either you turn the little thing in his back. It's either he's that. Like, he's just like, oh, dude. I, yeah, I got to go smoke more. I have to, I have to go f- smoke 15 more CBD cigarettes. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to the same mix for I feel, 45 minutes. I feel like kind of in an unfair position here because I know I'm going to do an episode of this podcast with every member of ice nine kills where we're pretty much just going to make fun of the other people in the band, but yeah, there's not one without me. So no one's going to make fun of me (laughs) (laughs) until, (laughs) until we do our spinoff podcast. Actually, no, what we should do is you, once I get through everyone, we should do one where I'm not in it on this. Like it's just an episode of this podcast hosted by you guys of us us four just talking to each other. Yeah. About me. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, strictly about you. I, that'd be really I, funny. <laughs> I will have a presentation. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that'd be or we or in the variety show we can make it a a, a roast. We'll do a roast of oh, Joe. That, no, we'd have um, to do Spencer. Awesome we'd have to do Spencer. Oh, yeah. A roast of yeah. Spencer's. It's just too perfect. I don't, dude. I I don't think he could um, handle it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't think he's got the skin? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's... I think he could handle it. I think he could handle it. I mean, <laughs> I want to try. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's worth the I risk to me. Definitely depend on who was involved. The, like, here's what I imagine it being like we, we plan the whole thing and then and then five minutes before we go on it's like all right you know we're gonna have fun tonight but but don't bring up this okay just don't talk about this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's just get one thing straight the silver screen movie was supposed to be right. a comedy okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we're gonna get fired Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, look, I want to, I, I don't want to keep you for too long, but I want to talk about sure. uh, American Nosebleed, too. Oh, I would love to talk about American Nosebleed. Yeah. So, and uh, a slight connection that you have with. Yeah. American yeah. Nosebleed. Which we just discovered, which is crazy. Um, but American Nosebleed um, just put out an EP, right? Correct. Um, what, like a week ago? Uh, Two days ago, uh, actually less than that. It was on uh, last Friday. Friday, you know, good four days ago. Four days ago, I did listen to it. It's dope. I love it. Thank you. Um, well done. Um, tell tell me about that band, because all I know Um, is that you have it and you play shows in it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like every once in a while, I text you guys, like, "Hey, I'm in another band," and you guys are like, "Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) okay." (laughs) Um, so American Nosebleed is. The, uh, you know, another kind of super group style thing where Ice Nine is a bunch of dudes from other bands that were, you know, popular in the scene um, until none of them were. And now we're all owned by Spencer Charnas LLC. (laughs) Um, So but that's a super group to me, you know, like that's super people that Um, have experience outside of what they're in. Right. And so American Nosebleed came about as Anthony, the singer, and Mike, the guitarist, played. uh, Well, Anthony came from a band called Mandy K, which followed Warp Tour in 2000. A year that you were doing Warp Tour. And so you know him through that. Uh Um, And when Mandy K wasn't a thing anymore, uh, and Mike. And Anthony uh, started this band called The Traditional, which was a really cool um, kind of pop rock, punk, alternative rock kind of band. Very popular in Buffalo. Um, They did a good amount of touring. And when that band kind of called it quits, uh, Mike basically was just like, dude, I just want to write riffs. Like he, he's a kind of a metalhead at heart and was kind of sick of writing just like pop punk songs. So he got me and Anthony who wanted to, Anthony wanted to scream more and yell more. And he wanted to not have to play bass because he was the bass player of the traditional as well as the singer. Uh He's like, I just want to front, I just want to front man a band where I get to just like scream. And, you know, I was like, well, I would love to fucking play drums and something like that. And, you know, we had like one one practice where Anthony was playing bass and we wrote like three songs in one practice and eventually asked our buddy Christian, 
who was the bass player uh, for Cute Is What We Aim For, um, another Buffalo band for a while, and mm-hmm. they're probably you know um, more well known than anybody else from Buffalo besides like the Goo Goo Dolls and Every Time I Die. Yeah. But so Christian came from that band. He was in a band called uh, Burn Book at the time too, and I Can See Mountains, and you know he's a very musical you know projects everywhere kind of guy, and this kind of super group formed with two members of the traditional X affiance X cues what we aim for kind of deal. And we just started writing these fucking shit kickers of songs that were just riffs and like, what do you, what kind of riff do you want to write today? Let's do a velvet revolver goes into a Pantera goes into like an every time I die feel and we're like uh-huh. done. And, um, Ended up writing five songs that we went into GCR Studios in Buffalo with um, an engineer by the name of Jay Zabricki, um, who frequently works with the Every Time I Die guys on Low Teens. He uh, was an engineer and producer for that. And their newest record that's going to be coming out, he also did. Um, and I actually recorded with Brian, or not Brian, with um, with Jay Zabricki. His brother's name is Brian, and he works at Lockhouse Distillery with me. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I recorded with Jay back when I was in high school with um, with a different band that I was playing drums in at at this GCR Studios, which Robbie Takeak from the Goo Goo Dolls actually owns. Oh, um, oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm from very cool, very awesome, beautiful studio that we uh, recorded our first EP, Modern Prayer, and released each one of those songs just one at a time as singles. Um, and then we wrote more and, you know, it's kind of just that band where like we write as much music as we can. And then whenever we have time to go into the studio, we'll book time when I'm home from tour. Um, so we recorded Five Year Flu, the one that just came out last year, actually, and just didn't get around to putting it out until yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that so, something yeah, that you want to like pursue that band or is it kind of more of just like a fun side thing? That's it's definitely more of a fun thing. Um Anthony and Mike both are married with a kid. Um, so th- that's definitely something I, I don't think that they were ever. Yeah. Just a fun going thing. tour again. Yeah. I need um, to get something like that. Like I need a project that's not serious. That, right. That plays, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, shows. Like we'll, we'll, we'll do. <laughs> yeah. We'll, play, we'll play. We'll play a Buffalo show or a, or a Fredonia show or a, you know something like that whenever we get offered or whenever I'm home from tour. But this was definitely just a thing where we were like, let's record some music and just put it out for people to hear. And if we play some shows, we play some shows. And we basically – American Nosebleed started before I got into Ice Sign Kill. So I'm sure it was actually like you know, maybe more would have come from Nosebleed if yeah. I wouldn't have – left that summer basically but Mm -hmm. now it's kind of at a point where we're gonna write and release music whenever we can and if we get to play a show here and there cool if we just want like you know i put together a show at lockhouse and just did an american nosebleed headlining show at the bar i work at yeah that's awesome can you just do shows there whenever yeah you have the whole entertainment license and everything uh sure oh gotcha (laughs) um i'm assuming so because they've been doing events and concerts there with sound systems and shit like that for 
four years now. So That's I cool. think technically it is a venue. That's very um, cool. You yeah. should do more. So that that's yes, I would do. I would I once this shit um, clears up and we're allowed to have people in buildings again, um, definitely more big events and concerts will be coming to that distillery, which is well, that's very exciting. Fun. I would love to go to uh, that. Um, okay, cool. Well, that's that's dope. Um, yeah. So go, people listening, go listen if you haven't. I have one more question. Right. Unless you have something yeah. to add, go ahead. Well, no, I, I think I was just going to say that the um, that American Nosebleed, the, the, it's available to listen to everywhere, and the new the new EP Five Year Flu is even like you can use it on Instagram, you can use it on TikTok, like it's it's available for that kind of shit too. And the Modern Prayer EP that we released all separately, will we will be doing a re-release of the whole thing in a specific order, like one kind of remix, remaster, and re-put it out as one thing. Um, so that's something to also look forward to. Sick. All right, so yeah. I asked this question to everyone. Um, this might be harder Ooh. because you've already told me so many, but I always ask for like one solid tour story. Um, I just interviewed another... I'm not going to say who it is yet, but I interviewed two people from uh, a band yesterday um, that ah. had the best one so far. It was really, really, really good. It was really good. Um, but yeah, just what, give me one. What, try what, to think of one that I haven't heard. Yeah. I'm and to and like, of, like, it what, like uncensored, you know, like go as in detail to it as you want to. Right. What's, what's the theme here? What, it, like, it what can kind be of... it's like some people are like – Cody told a story about staying at someone's house where someone like got knocked out and there was a fake head covered in blood in the refrigerator or something. <laughs> that was a, that was a pretty good one. Um, Donnie told a story about how John, their bass player, accidentally drank pee twice in the same day. <laughs> oh yeah, I I could tell that story about Dominic from Affiance too because he's done that. Um, but his own pee every time too. He wakes oh. up dehydrated. It's just like first bottle I can find, and it's like you and it's just idiot. pee next. It's just his own pee. Um, okay, have I ever told you? I I don't know if I've told you when Affiance when Affiance was stranded in Hungary. I vaguely at, remember hearing something Budapest. about it. What happened? Our so our van. We were on. Uh, we were coming off of a tour with Dance Gavin Dance in the UK. And doing some European headliners in which our van broke down in the middle of nowhere, Hungary, probably two hours away from Budapest, small town. Van breaks down and we are <clears throat> basically take all of our stuff out of this van and the van just gets taken away by, by the, the company – yeah. <clears throat> and we're there with guitars, yeah. um, cymbals, pedals, all of our merch and other like breakables and, and, um, Personal suitcases. Stuff, and stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, our label and management and booking agent are having a very hard time getting us another vehicle because somehow in some contract somewhere, there was no 
safe. There was no like fell safe for this. Oh God. Van that we were in. Jesus. So we end up stra- stranded. Literally, we were on the side of a road with all of our stuff outside of this restaurant that is letting us come in and use their Wi-Fi and like feeding us and speaking very minimal English to us <laughs> because they don't know it. <laughs> we don't know Hungarian. We eventually get a bed and breakfast for that night, which was just an old Hungarian woman's house. Um, oh my God. Like, dude, do you know the scene in Borat when they're in that uh, – when they're in that house and they think that the Jews are turning into cockroaches and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I forgot all about that. Okay. So if you were to just imagine that scenario, that's was us in this very small Hungarian woman's house, knickknacks and China cabinets everywhere. And we're rolling through up the stairs with our guitars at fucking like two in the morning, making all this noise. And the next morning, we're told that a rental car is coming to get us and that we can drive it to Budapest to play our show. And when I say rental car, I mean that a a sedan comes that, that five of us and and all of of our stuff, we fit into this sedan and drive two hours to Budapest. How did you do that? Uncomfortably. That sounds horrible. Very uncomfortably. So we get to this show in Budapest that's just us playing. No other bands playing. Not even worth it. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to call it a drum set that I played that they gave me. <laughs> but the venue was like a big open like atrium kind of thing um, that obviously there was nobody there. So it was you know, really big. And – the bartender at this little bar that was somehow allowed to be selling um, alcohol to, I don't know, dude, it was really weird. Like they were like, you know, like that kind of like small town bar where they're pulling um, the beers out of ice buckets. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And that's how they keep yeah, them cold. Yeah, there's no fridge. And like, yeah, and like the sink is the sink is a dump sink. Right. That it has a coat of like white paint on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know we're we're feeling it at this point like wow this is probably the end of this tour how are we even going to get home like what are we going to do now that we're in budapest and argue then we have to give the car back tomorrow kind of thing because they rented it for us for one day insane so they're letting us stay at this venue which is has couches all over the place you know looks like people probably just live there anyways um And this bartender is serving us what they call polenka, which is basically a Hungarian moonshined liquor. Um, and when she was basically saying, like, how do you want to drink it? Like, what do you want? And I said, I said, like, I, I'll do whatever you would do. And, you know, everybody kind of looked at me and I was like, what, what, do, you, what, what, yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, okay. so, she hand, so, she, so she hands me like a four ounce glass of just warm, oh my clear God. Hungarian moonshine. Um, to which now I gotta, you know, put my money where my mouth is, and so I do the whole thing one go, and end up throughout the night because I did that. Then she just started giving me it for free every time I came over <laughs> to the bar. She'd be like, "You want another?" And I'd be like, "Well, I guess." <laughs> so we get we get 
just incredibly drunk at this random venue house thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> homeless shelter that we're in, I guess. Okay. And um, we wake up in the morning and there is a full-blown circus um, rehearsing in the – Oh, my God. The animals <laughs> and stuff? Uh, no animals, but like like people hanging from the ceiling and serious? like doing like the ri- like the ribbon stuff. People on stilts walking around. Like there's a dude hitting another guy with a chainsaw with like a metal suit on. What the and fuck? The bartender from the night before is there, and she's in the circuit. <laughs> and so she stayed there with us, and then we woke up, and she was just like, "Yeah, like." <laughs> my friends came by and we're doing a circus act oh my god and so we're like well we got to get the fuck out of here and we end up driving that rental car back two hours to that middle of nowhere town where they wanted the car to be returned and end up getting a ta- our, our our flights we're supposed to leave from England, from London, in like five days. And we're have to cancel the rest of our tour. We're in Why did Hungary. You had to cancel because the our, band was shot, right? And you just couldn't get another right. one. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in Hungary. Our flights are in five days. And we have to now um, get to call a very expensive cab, a large cab, to drive us to the Budapest airport where we then fly to London and just hang out um, and reach out to Affiance fans to see who we could stay with. And we stay with a kid um, in his flat, which is what they call apartments in London. <laughs> um, we, we stay at this dude's flat for five days until our flight's home. That is a nightmare. Yeah. That's horrible. It was, it was, it was pretty fucking crazy, especially just being like affiance wasn't like, you know, we weren't a big band. So right. it's like if something like that, were to, if something were like that were to happen to a band that had with us, you if know, it happened to ice nine, it would be no, we'd have it figured out pretty quickly. I mean, we yes, did our, like, our van broke down or our bus broke down. Remember? Um, yeah, we, we would have had a team, a team of people fixing that shit for us. Yeah. And this was, this was just one of those nightmare situations where we were like, we like, we don't know what to God, do. I, I love that helping us our booking agent isn't helping us. Like yeah. what do, what can you do? I love that our band, everyone in our band has done that shit. Yeah. Like grinded uh, de- it out, definitely, you know, all exactly. Which is why I, I think that, you know, this super group that is Ice Nine Kills is one of the most deserving and qualified to be touring at the level that we're at now because we did all grind it out and do, you know, we'd all been grinding it out and touring for pretty much 10 years. Mm -hmm. Everybody has. And, you know, when the opportunity arose for Spencer to kind of build this new band, he chose... He chose people who had been doing it for a while, but also who had been fucking through it, you know? Right. Yeah. That, um, that, well, that also that, like, I think there's just, it's also just makes you appreciate it more too, you know? Like, it's, yeah, it's, he, he chose people, that, he chose people that would appreciate, um, 
the the level the level that we're working at now. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good group. It is a very good group. Um, cool. And I'm happy to cool. be a part of it. Me too. So look, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having Being me. Being my most requested guest. Um, I know, and we're going to break 600 plays in a week. I know oh, it. All right. Well, that would be the, the highest in one week. So <laughs> that would be the highest thus far. Um, we'll do this again for sure yeah. at some point. I think uh, we'll have to do more live stream stuff together too because that was probably the most fun I've ever had on a live stream. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, a pretty big, um, a pretty big hit. I would say. I yeah. mean, just thinking that I was gonna only spend one hour w- talking to you or like with you was just something where at hour three I was like, no, this I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, that was really fun, and we played some great games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that our parents watched us play. <laughs> yes, yes, and we just we just drew boners with veins in hairy balls. <laughs> Uh, in front of our parents on yeah, yeah. on the live stream, and I could and I could hear my dad laughing from the other room very hard. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for coming on, dude. I love you. I will. Of course, I love you too. I hopefully will see you soon. Yes. Um, and can we keep this call open for a second, and you can edit out all the end of it? This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.